That is one of the problems that most people have with the things of God, that they cling to certain truths of the Bible, but not to the Word of God as a whole. They treat it like a menu. They think like this, I like that verse, and I like that other small passage, and this other little thing makes me feel good, but I'll ignore the rest. They choose what seems appealing to them or those things that are self-serving. Hello and welcome to another message from the Latter Rain Ministries, where we're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. Today we'll be discussing that faith in Christ is more than just believing. Many people take faith in Christ very lightly and as something simplistic and superficial. Many people think that just by saying that they believe in God, that that's all there is to it. But that's certainly not what the Bible teaches. Jesus Christ himself explained that there is more to faith than just saying something and doing certain things. Faith in Christ is very easy, but we must be willing to accept and do according to the full counsel of God's word, not just what we want to do. Today's message is inspired in the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verses 21 to 47. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Lord God, Heavenly Father, hallowed and glorified be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. Blessed be your name, O Lord, now and always and forever and ever, O God. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, O God, that you may please forgive all of my sins. Heavenly Father, I pray humbly, O Lord God, that you may always remember me in your mercy and in your grace, because that is what we depend on, O Lord. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks because we can depend on your mercy and on your grace. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, O God, for your guidance. I pray, Heavenly Father, for your strength. And I pray, Lord God, above everything, that you help us to be open-minded, O Lord, to be able to have ready hearts to listen to your word, and to be able to do those things that truly please you and that bring you honor and glory. Blessed be your name, O Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Today's key passage reading can be found in the book of John, chapter 8, verses 21 to 47. This is the word of the Lord. Then Jesus said to them, I am going away, and you will seek me and will die in your sin. Where I go, you cannot come. So the Jews said, Will he kill himself because he says, Where I go, you cannot come? And he said to them, You are from beneath, and I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. Therefore I said to you that you will die in your sins. For if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. Then they said to him, Who are you? And Jesus said to them, Just what I have been saying to you from the beginning. I have many things to say and to judge concerning you. But he who sent me is true. And I speak to you, the world, those things which I heard from him. They did not understand what he spoke to them of the Father. Then Jesus said to them, When you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself. But as my Father taught me, I speak these things. And he who sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I always do those things that please him. 
As he spoke these words, many believed in him. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants, and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say, You will be made free? Jesus answered them, Most assuredly I say to you, Whoever commits sin is a slave of sin, and a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. And I know that you are Abraham's descendants, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. I speak what I've seen with my father, and you do what you have seen with your father. They answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, If you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth which I heard from God. Abraham did not do this. You do the deeds of your father. Then they said to him, We were not born of fornication. We have one father, God. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God, nor have I come to myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word. You are of your father the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and does not stand in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie... He speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Which of you convicts me of sin? And if I tell you the truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears God's words. Therefore, you do not hear, because you are not of God. There are many religious people that say that all you need to do is just believe in God and that everything will be fine, that this simple belief will save you. But if we look throughout the Bible, we read that it is not simply about just believing. There is more to it. Salvation consists of more than that. That is one of the problems that most people have with the things of God, that they cling to certain truths of the Bible, but not to the Word of God as a whole. They treat it like a menu. They think like this, I like that verse, and I like that other small passage, and this other little thing makes me feel good, but I'll ignore the rest. They choose what seems appealing to them or those things that are self-serving. And sometimes many people will even distort the little that they are willing to accept or believe in. But true faith in Christ does not consist of that. One of the passages that introduces the gospel more fully is found in Mark chapter 1, where it says, Now after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Before salvation can occur, or rather as a prerequisite to salvation, there must be a complete repentance and conversion from sin. It's not about just telling God that you're sorry about certain things like many people do. Many people fall short here because their pride only lets them feel bad about certain things, but others not so much. One of the things that I've heard over the years people say is, 
I can't imagine that everything that I've done is bad. I must have done something right. And with that comes a justification of sin. Many people justify their sins by blaming other people or certain circumstances. Or, of course, the ever popular, the devil made me do it. Or they simply just do not believe that sin is sin. Many people are reluctant to accept full responsibility for their sin. And the worst thing is that when the Holy Spirit brings that complete conviction of sin, so they are able to repent and convert, many do say no to him. Most people say that he is wrong. And that attitude does not allow for God's forgiveness to come true. 1 John chapter 1, verse 8 to 10 tells us this, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar, and His word is not in us. If we read these verses carefully, we will see that they are all conditional statements, something that is present throughout the Bible. The moment something starts with an if, that is where the condition starts. In the context of this passage, if a person says that they have no sin or that they have not sinned, then they make God a liar and as such, there can be no truth, no forgiveness, and no cleansing from sin. And as a result, no salvation, no indwelling of the Holy Spirit of God in their lives. And if a person dies in that condition, they will not be led into heaven, no matter how much they might plead with God on Judgment Day, saying that they believe in Him, that they have placed their faith on Him. It just will not happen. Acts chapter 3, verse 19 confirms this for us, where it says, Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. The other thing we read in the Bible is that we need to surrender our life to Christ, that Jesus needs to be above everything in our lives, and that we must submit fully and completely to His Lordship. And that all starts by putting Him in first place, above everything else. He must take priority over all other people and things. We see this in Matthew chapter 10, where the Lord Himself said, Do not think that I have come to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against his mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's enemies will be those of his own household. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it, and he who loses his life for my sake will find it. Does this mean that you cannot love anyone else when following the Lord? Absolutely not. As a matter of fact, love is everything to our faith in Christ. But there is an order. What this means is that if things come to crossroads, if you will, and you have to make a decision between putting the Lord first versus other people, that the Lord should take precedent, especially when it comes to doing the will of the Father. If your mother or father or children or whoever tell you to do things against the Lord, that your decision should be to do as the Lord tells you to do, rather than what they are trying to make you do. And of course, this causes many problems with relationships because a lot of people want to be treated as a God. They want to be served. They want to be acknowledged as your top priority, as having a more important station than the Lord himself. 
And I have to tell you that people that feel that way and never change will lead you straight to hell. They don't really love you. They just want to use you. That's the truth. I know this may hurt because you may love them dearly, but no one said that the truth is easy. But the truth shall make you free, especially if you decide to follow the truth. Romans chapter 10, verse 1 to 13, helps us even further understand the entire picture of what should happen, where it says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. For Moses writes about righteousness, which is of the law. The man who does those things shall live by them. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So you see, we need to live out God's righteousness. And that can only happen when we believe with all of our hearts what God has done and confess openly Jesus as the Lord of our lives. It's something that needs to be done with complete conviction, without any doubt. Those are the implications that involve calling on the name of the Lord. Notice that the term Savior is not used in relationship to actually being saved. Yes, Jesus is our Savior, and God the Father sent Him to save the world, but acknowledging Him as Savior does not necessarily save us. The term Lord is used, which means master, as in the one that is taking ownership, in charge above everything and taking precedent over all things. We must be owned through and through by the Lord Jesus Christ, and that implies servanthood. This is where many people get it wrong also, and faith in Christ turns into something unpleasant and undesirable to them. They want to be in the driver's seat. They want to continue being Lord and master of their own lives. And what's worse is that they want to turn God, the almighty of the universe, into their servant, to be there at their beck and call, to tend to their needs, wants, and desires. And that goes completely against everything the Bible teaches. That kind of attitude or mindset will also take a person directly to hell. And yes, I know, that seems harsh and unpleasant, but that is what the Bible teaches. But look at it this way. We can't save ourselves. We don't know the first thing of what is truly right or wrong on our own. So how can we even imagine we should be in charge? To put this in some sort of analogy, would you want for a two-year-old child to be in charge of performing brain surgery on you? They may be cute and sweet, but cute and sweet does not give them the knowledge, the experience, and the know-how on being able to perform brain surgery. The only one that can guide us to all truth, 
to doing God's will is the Lord Jesus Christ through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and the guidance of the Word of God. And it is imperative to do the Father's will. Doing the Father's will is what allows us to enter the kingdom of heaven. We read this in Matthew chapter 7 where Jesus said, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. And so, what is the Father's will? What should faith in Christ really be about according to the Bible? It all starts by repenting and converting from all of your sin. And at the same time, believing and accepting Jesus as the Lord of your life, making him the effective and literal Lord of your life. And through that, submitting your will completely to him, asking him to guide you, looking for his knowledge and direction through the reading and study of his word. And the main thing that the Lord told us that we must do is to follow the greatest of all the commandments as it is written. The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second like it is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. When you learn to love the Lord, you will look to do what he tells you to do. Not because you have to, but because you want to because you have started to understand all of the things he has done and does and will do in the future for you. That is why faith and understanding are your biggest allies in doing the Father's will. This whole universe was created by God, so we owe him that. Each one of us exists because God has allowed us to exist. We live and breathe and move because he wills it. But the greatest service the Lord God Almighty has done for us is preparing a way for eternal salvation through Jesus Christ, through the gift of His only begotten Son, so that our destiny could be broken and we could have the opportunity of eternal life. When we start to understand, and I say start, because we're very limited beings, and it would be impossible to understand completely all the things God does for us in our present condition, that is when our love for Him will start and grow. That's why, again, all you need is faith and understanding. If we just meditate on who God is through the Word, through the Holy Spirit, He will open up our understanding. But that understanding takes time and the will to do it, the desire to contemplate and not to take for granted. Taking things for granted is probably the worst way we sin against the Lord. That things are the way they are because we somehow feel we deserve them and we don't give them the importance we should give them. These are all things that compose a true faith in Christ. Believing in Christ involves many things, not just saying that we believe and that's it. There must be something deeper and more genuine than just saying that we believe in Christ. People should be very careful with this because the Bible teaches us that you believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But 
do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? And so our faith in Christ must go even further, even deeper than how demons believe and tremble. Our faith in Christ must yield a product, if you will, and it starts by establishing a complete surrender to him, by repenting and converting from all sins, by making with all of our heart Jesus Christ the Lord of our hearts, of our lives, by learning to love him above all things and learning to love our neighbor as ourselves. It's not about doing religious things or things that seem spiritual. It's about first getting our intention right, the reason for why we do things. And then, of course, doing those things that do please God. And the only way we can know how to please God is by doing those things that are written in His Word, by living out a true faith in Him, day by day, dying to self and letting Him grow more, looking to understand things more clearly, learning to look at things from His perspective rather than from our own perspective. Jesus said it like this, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. Ultimately, true faith in Christ is dying to oneself and becoming one with him in every way, starting with our heart, and then with our soul, and then with our mind, and then submitting our strength to him, to his wishes and desires. Now, why could this ever make sense? Two reasons. One, learning to be fair with the Lord by trying to return his love. And two, because this is the only way we can achieve immortality. The only way we can have a beginning with no end. And what an incredible future we can have with Christ. Starting with this. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. And he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. We will, through Jesus Christ, inherit not just some things, but all things that come from God, this incredible, almighty, eternal, and faithful being. This is why the Bible also says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Let us pray. Heavenly Father and Holy Lord, blessed be your name, for truly you are good and kind and merciful and graceful. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks, O Lord, for your Son, Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, help us to have 
a true faith, a living faith, a faith, O oh Lord, that is willing to give everything up for you, for who you are and for what you have done. To not take your goodness and your love for granted, but to appreciate it for everything that it is and for the incredible future that you promise us. I give you thanks, O oh Lord, that we can have a true faith, a living faith, an eternal faith, Lord God. I give you thanks, O oh Lord, because of the hope of salvation that we have through Jesus Christ. Help us, O oh Lord, to be able to die to ourselves and to live for you, because that is what is right and fair, because you gave it all to us. Help us to understand that Jesus is, in fact, the way, the truth, and the life. Blessed be your name, O oh Lord God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Please join us again next time as we look into God's Word together. And if you have any questions or just need some prayer, please email us through our website. If you want to listen to other messages, you can go to our website or look for our podcast in the Apple iTunes store under The Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.